Hi, this is Sam Chamberlain, and welcome to Things to Ponder, the sermon podcast from St. Mary's United Church of Christ in Silver Run, Maryland. Follow along with St. Mary's at stmarysucc.org or on Facebook and Instagram. Wishing you peace and good, my friends. Well, good morning, St. Mary's. It is such a joy and an honor for me to be here with you this morning. Uh, For many reasons, it's great to to be able to see some old friends and also to see some new friends I haven't met yet. It's great to be here. It's also wonderful for me to be able to help out Sam, a friend of mine, uh, for him to be able to get away, to get some well-deserved time away. I know how, how honored and blessed you all are to have Sam serve here as your pastor. Uh, but for me to be able to help out is, is great for me. Uh, one of the great things about stepping in to preach and be a guest preacher uh, is I can talk about anything I want. And I know that Sam has been working his, his way through a, through a series uh, on the windows, the stained glass windows here, and I've uh, had a chance to listen to some of that. He's doing a, a marvelous job at that. But today, what I, what I would like to talk about is, is love. And you, now you're going to think, well, he just picked something easy uh, because all a pastor has to do is get up and say, okay, you know, we're supposed to love and then sit down and be over. But what I wanted to talk about today is what that actually looks like. Uh, it's VBS season. If you drive around, I noticed you, there's a sign here, I believe, about upcoming VBS. Isn't that right? And if you drive around uh, Carroll County, you'll see a lot of churches have their banners out of when their VBS is and what their subject is going to be. And a common one is uh, the putting on the full armor of God. Uh, that's one that's often often used, and I understand that. It's a wonderful uh, uh, series of verses in Paul's letter to the church at Ephesus in the book of Ephesians, and it's great. But what I wanted to talk about is something else that Paul wrote that I think is at least as important and should get the same kind of play. Maybe, maybe not in VBS, but in churches everywhere. And it's what Paul talks about, and actually some verses that I have used in weddings that I've done, when he talks about putting on love. You see, when, when Paul writes about the armor of God, he, he talks about how we can use what God has given us to, to help us get through life, to deal with the things of life. And, but what I believe is that what the armor of God does, Paul writes, and he, he's, what he's doing there is telling us how to deal with life. But when he talks about love, I believe what he's saying is, what we should do with life. When we read the, the passage from uh, Colossians in chapter 3 that Rob read just a little bit ago, one of the things that we understand or need to know is, is that Paul is writing to some Christians in Colossae who were struggling to live a life that was modeled after Christ. But there was a reason for that. Most of the people that he was writing to at the time were were Gentiles that had become Christians. You see, in in those days, there there were Jews and there were Gentiles. There were Jews and Gentiles was everybody that wasn't Jewish. And believers, followers of Jesus Christ, either came from the Jews that became followers of Christ 
were the Gentiles that became followers of Christ. And the Gentiles encompassed everything else. And so what was happening was the people at Colossae, the, the Christians there, the Gentiles that had become followers of Christ, had no reference for how to behave. Many of them, the whole thing about church or following Christ or, or even the idea of one God was foreign to them. And so when he writes to them, what he's saying, and this is what is so important for us to understand today, and why this is relevant for us today, is what Paul is saying is what Jesus said, but what Paul is saying is, look, there's a whole bunch of other stuff out there you're going to hear. But what I'm telling you right now, love is what is important. With all of the stuff, think about us today, with all of the stuff in the world that we've got going on, what more do we need to remember but that love is what is important? So when Paul writes, and, and, and he, he says in, in this, the third chapter of Colossians, he, when he tells us, he says, put to death the sinful earthly things. This is uh, in verse 5. The sinful earthly things within you have nothing to do with them. And he continues and he says, because of these sins, the anger of God is coming. You used to do things, but get away from all of that. He goes through all of those things. But then he references back to that, that Old Testament verse that we just read about God doing a new thing. When he says in verse 10, Put on your new nature and be renewed. There's no Jew or Gentile, slave or free. None of those things matter. It's love that matters. And then he really grabs them. He says, since God chose you, this is verse 12, since God chose you to be a holy people he loves. Let me tell you something. If there's anything that, that, that should make us kind of stand a little bit taller are the words and the acknowledgement and the fact that God chose us. God chose us. And so he's writing to these people that were, many of them had no religion, had nothing. And he's telling them, God chose you. And since he did, this is what you're supposed to do. He's saying because of what God did, this is what your life is supposed to look like. He says you must clothe yourself. You must clothe yourself with what he refers to as tender-hearted mercy. Clothe ourselves with mercy. He's saying, this is what a follower of Christ's life looks like. Clothe yourself with mercy. When he says clothe yourself, he's, he's saying, let people see it. Let people see it. We spend time deciding what we're going to wear on any given day. And he's saying, clothe yourself 
with compassion, with mercy. In the, in the Greek, and uh, I, I, I always like seeing what, what the Greek language says, and, and the Greek in this idea of clothe yourselves with mercy, I'm afraid this is really what the Greek says. It says, have the bowels of mercy. Yeah, that's what it says. I don't understand it either. But I believe what it's like is saying, have a heart of compassion. We're called to have compassion and mercy. But here, get this, because this is what he's talking about. Have compassion and mercy towards those who need it. Those who need it. I don't believe it says to those who deserve it, but to those who need it. He also says, clothe yourselves in, in this mercy, but also clothe yourselves in kindness. Kindness toward each other. Remember, we're clothing ourselves. We want people to see it. Clothe yourselves in kindness towards each other. How we treat each other and how we treat others who don't fit in some other category. Just plain old, everyday kindness. Is there anything the world needs more right now than a dose of plain old, everyday kindness? Kindness to the server in the restaurant or the person behind the counter or somebody that you see in traffic, the person that cut you off in traffic. Or the person ahead of you in the checkout line who has 13 items in the 12-item line. Speaking to myself on that one. Have kindness. And then we're supposed to clothe ourselves in humility. What scripture calls the humbleness of mind. Not thinking of others as better than worse than yourself, but thinking of all of us as the same, but with differences. All of us the same, but with differences. His next item of clothing he has for us is to clothe ourselves in gentleness, meekness, mildness of disposition, gentleness of spirit, especially towards those who have provoked us. <laughs> I know. It's hard. Matthew Henry, the Christian scholar from the 1700s, refers to that as bridling or anger, referencing a horse, just kind of holding it back, having gentleness. In our modern language, it would be just chill. To have that gentleness that he talks about. And then he says, and, and have patience. Clothe yourselves with patience. Remember, clothe yourself. Let people see it. Clothe yourself with patience. Scripture, in some translations, refers to as long-suffering for others. Long-suffering su with others. If it's long-suffering, it's probably something you're not crazy about. Long-suffering and have patience with others. Praise God. Praise God that he's been patient with me. Anyone else say that one? Praise God that he's been patient with me, with us. 
He's been patient with us. And Paul reminds us, be patient with others because of that. And then he goes on to say, make allowance for each other's faults. Make allowance for each other's faults and forgive. Forgive anyone who offends you. Have forbearance. We're all in need of forgiveness and therefore should forgive. We have been forgiven, therefore we should forgive. And then, if we think of what he's saying is, when he's saying put these things on, like, like clothing that we put on, so that other people see it, he then comes to this, this conclusion. Remember, he's telling everyone, this is what a life lived for Christ should look like. And he says, above all, Clothe yourselves with love. Clothe yourselves with love. I think of it like this. I think of it like we have all of these things that we've, we, we've clothed ourselves with that, that Paul has, has, has told us. Compassion and kindness and gentleness and humility and patience and forgiveness. But he says, clothe yourselves then, above all, put on over top of all of that, love. Put on top of all of that, an overcoat of love. I think it's, maybe it's like, like one of those, those, uh, those raincoats that, that kids have, and they used to have, it's clear, and you can see through it. And he says, put it on over top of all of that stuff because if all of those things, if you have all of those things, but people don't see the love, then they're not really of God. He's telling people that had no reference for how to live a life for Christ, this is what it looks like. People should look at you and look at your life and say they've got love because it, it shows in how they act. I think Jesus did that when, when he walked this earth. He didn't go out and, and, and start this huge, big movement. In fact, he told many of his followers, don't tell anybody just yet. What Jesus did was he created in the people that were following him and through his actions and his healing, these little pockets of love. And we're called to do the same. But what does that really look like? Well, again, Paul writing in 1 Corinthians chapter 13, that verse that were the passage that we heard that if you've been to any weddings, you've also heard. He says, he talks about this. He describes love. He says, love is patient and kind. Love's not jealous or boastful or proud or rude. Doesn't demand its own way. It's not irritable. Keeps no record of being wronged. It doesn't rejoice about injustice, but rejoices whenever truth wins out. Love never gives up, never loses faith, always hopeful, endures through every circumstance. 
We get that. It's a, it's a wonderful passage. But let's, let's take it a little bit further to what Paul was talking about. We know from Scripture in 1 John chapter 4 that, that love is defined as God. And God is defined as love. God is love. So if we take those same verses and we just substitute, those verses would read, God is patient and kind. God is not jealous or boastful or proud or rude. God does not demand his own way. He's not irritable. He keeps no record of being wronged, praise God. He does not rejoice about injustice, but rejoices whenever the truth wins out. God never gives up. He never loses faith. He's always hopeful, and he endures through every circumstance. That's the idea that if God is love, then God is all of those things. But I believe Paul, in telling us to put on love, he takes this a step further. Because if we're to put on love and we're to truly be Christ followers and Christ is our example and we want to live godly lives, then maybe there's another substitution in those verses that we make. We've read it that love is all those things and that God is all those things. But I think Paul is saying, you're supposed to be too. And what if we read those verses this way? Could we read them I am patient and kind. I'm not jealous or boastful or proud or rude. I do not demand my own way. I'm not irritable. And I keep no record of being wronged. I do not rejoice about injustice but rejoice whenever truth wins out. I never give up. I never lose faith. I am always hopeful. And I endure through every circumstance. That's what love looks like. When we put it on. When we wear our love so that others can see it. If, if Sam were here, he would, he would give a reference about if his favorite hockey team got new jerseys, they would, they would make sure to wear them and, and, and show them the name. They wouldn't wear them, but then put something on over them so nobody could see them. What Paul was saying, all of those things that you have and all of those things that you practice, you're to cover them in love because that's how it's magnified. That putting on that overcoat of love somehow magnifies how we show love in our lives. But Christ taught when he was asked, 
what's the greatest commandment? And he said, love the Lord your God with all your heart, mind, and soul. And he said to love your neighbor as yourself. And we often take that and say, okay, that goes, that goes right with what you're talking about, Pastor. I get it. Love your neighbor as yourself. We think, well, who's our neighbor? And we tell the example of the Good Samaritan and who we're to care for. All of those things are right. But there's a part in that, that statement that Christ makes when he says that we are called to love your neighbor as yourself. You cannot do the first thing until you've done the second thing. To love your neighbor as yourself. And I talked about how Paul says we should put on love and we should sow all of those things and we should, we should clothe ourselves with compassion and kindness and humility and gentleness and patience and forgiveness and above all put on love. But we have to recognize we're to show that we're to, to love even the ones we don't like. That isn't easy. It's really easy to sit in, in church and, or around family and talk about love. But Paul's words are, we're to show this love, this compassion, this mercy, this gentleness, this kindness, humility, to show that to everybody without qualifications. And that's the hardest thing. To show all of those things to those in our lives, we find it harder to do. But when Jesus says, love your neighbor as yourself, he means that. But he means it just as much as the love your neighbor as yourself. He knows. Paul knew. Jesus knows. We're going to make mistakes. We're going to mess up. We're going to not be all that loving. I recognize that happens. There are times in our life when it does. And Jesus says, love your neighbor as yourself. First, love yourself. God gave you these instructions. God gave you his word. God gave you his son. Paul started out by saying, because you are chosen, you are loved. Who's the hardest person to forgive? Yourself. And we're called to do that. When we, when we don't live up to this, but we're called to put on love. And that, that overcoat of love that we put on over top of everything else 
it should comfort us and warm us and protect us. And we should feel that as much as people see that in our lives. What Paul was pointing out to the people in the church at Colossae, the the Colossians that he was writing to, what he was saying to them, this is what matters. You are not called to do all of these things so you can one day earn a place in heaven. What Paul was saying then and what we hear now is we are called to do all these things because we have a place in heaven. And that's what Paul was saying. We are going to make mistakes, but we are called to love our way through it. Others are going to make mistakes. We are called to love their way through it. Put on love. Make it part of your daily routine. Put on love. And let other people see it. Let's pray. Father God, thank you for reminding us today of the love that you have for us. Father, we ask you that you help us to show this love to others. In Christ's name, amen.